0: الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمين الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين اللهم انشر علينا رحمتك وابسط علينا حكمتك وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم واستبرئ من حولي وقوتي إلى حول الله عز وجل وقوته اللهم انشر علينا رحمتك وابسط علينا حكمتك علينا فتوح Welcome to our third class on the Hikam, This beautiful journey with the book of Ibn Ataillah his secondary with his pearls of wisdom and insights and aphorisms and how do we relate these to Ramadan? As you know that every week what we try to do is to try to put together the wisdoms of some of the wisdoms of Ibn Ataillah in a theme and try to link this theme to the month of Ramadan. So we started a couple of weeks ago, the first session was on the theme of giving up our planning and submitting in in the plans to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We talked extensively about that. Last week, we discussed the theme of uh, strengthening the foundation making sure that any journey that we take we have to take proper provision and that we give proper attention to our foundations for it is because of foundations strong foundations that we will have successful ends we touched on the hikmah of ibn Atayla, where he says man ashraqat bidayatuhu ashraqat nihayatu he who has illuminated who is illuminated at the beginning is illuminated at the end And also, من علامات النجح في البداية الرجوع إلى الله في النهاية من علامات النجح في النهاية الرجوع إلى الله في البداية Amongst the signs of success at the end is turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning. And we talked about حقوق الأوقات, the rights of the times and the rights in the times. We extensively touched upon this. Today's theme, brothers and sisters, will be decided by the first حكمة that I will quote from Sayyid ibn Ata'illah a secondary, And because I was asked last week about the uh, the the um, uh, different uh, numbers of the hikam, so I am going to uh, mention the number of the hikmah that we will quote today, inshallah ta'ala. We'll start with the first one. It is hikmah, it's aphorism number 127. 127. So he says, Rahimahullah ta'ala, Kaifa كَيْفَ lakal awa'id wa anta لَمْ min nafsika al awa'id. Kaifa تُخْرَقُ lakal awa'id wa anta تَخْرِقْ min nafsika al awa'id. And this hikmah, as I said before, it is wisdom or aphorism number 127, where it translates as, How can the laws of nature be ruptured for you? so that the miracles result while you, for your part, have yet to rupture your habits. So as you can see from the meaning of this wisdom, he says again, how can the laws of nature be ruptured for you so that miracles result while you, on your part, have not ruptured or have yet to rupture your habits? Brothers and sisters, when we try to travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the biggest obstacles that, or there is another, yeah, how can the laws of nature be ruptured for you so that miracles result while you, for your part, have yet to rupture your bad habits? Brothers and sisters, when we travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or we attempt to travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the biggest mistakes that we make is putting our eyes on the result rather than looking at what we have offered. We recite every day, 17 times in our Salah, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُوا وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ We worship you, and we turn to you for help and assistance. We normally tend to think of إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ that uh, uh, we seek your help, and we forget that we have to offer إِيَّاكَ abudu. Now Allah will not ask us about Iyak because he has secured isti'a, he has secured maun he has secured help and assistance, but we need to look at Iyak and we worship you so now, if anyone wants to get the benefit of Ramadan, we get into Ramadan, we leave Ramadan, and then we complain, oh, it has been almost now one third of the month of Ramadan has passed, but i don't feel any change yes my day has changed a little bit so i don't have any frequent meals as i meals as frequent as i used to but beyond that what is going on why ramadan is not fruitful isn't that the fasting that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised in the quran and he said about the month kum and that it is the best of months, شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن هدا للناس al من wal furqan So what is going on? How can the laws of nature, how can the miracles, the fruits of actions, how can the fruits of what? Of actions. How can the fruits of Ramadan, how can you even claim or want the fruits to happen unless you have ruptured your bad habits? Remember, brothers and sisters, that Ibn Ata'illah uses two words here that are very similar to each other. The word awaid and the word awaid. The word awaid is the plural of, or the meaning of it is مَا يعود عليك, What comes to you, result, what revenues, what you get, fruits. While the other word of Awaid is plural of عَادَة عَادَةٌ عوائد, Habits in order to achieve any success in life, brothers and sisters, in order to see fruits for any plants that we plant, we have to change our habits. We have to see a change in our persona, in our behavior, in our action, in our life. Sidi Ahmad Zarruq rahimahullah, says, خَرْقُ الْعَوَائِدْ In order... That the, the the rupture of the laws of nature and miracles happening happens. People of of ma'rifah, the people of proximity to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, we see that in three things. What are they? Number one, Nufudul kalima hatta bismillahi minka He said that their words is so piercing that it's so effective. If someone says to something, "Kun be," it is. Of course, no strange individual or no A stupid person thinks that this is a that we are associating others with Allah. No, but when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with someone, He subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that individual that ability that that individual will be able to when he looks at something, it happens right? Didn't the Prophet ﷺ, as part of his miracles, didn't he ﷺ, when he went out to the desert to answer the call of nature and he didn't find something to hide behind, didn't he go to a tree and he pulled it with one of its branches and it followed him and he grabbed the other tree and he puts them next to each other? Didn't that happen? Al-Qadhi Iyad al-Ihsabi rahimahullah ta'ala mentions the story of one of the ulama of Malikiyah in Egypt, whose dars used to be attended by a strange young man. And al-Imam rahimahullah ta'ala mentions that uh, this young man was a stranger. He didn't know who that is. So the teacher one day sent one of the students with some money and he said, take this money and please go and give it to this young man. So he followed him. He said, I followed him. I found him going to the other side of Cairo and uh, he led a janazah and then, he, he he moved to the, to, to the outskirts of Cairo. So I followed him and I said, here is some money for your uh, for you from the Sheikh. He said, I don't need it. He said, I insisted. I said, the Sheikh says, you have to take this. He said, but he looked around when he realized that there is no one around. He said, when he realized that there is no one around, he looked at me and whispered. And he said, Ya Abdullah, O servant of Allah, don't you know that there are Ibad there are Ibad of Allah, who if they move their lips, this whole desert will become golden dinars and he said he started moving his lips, and I looked around, and the whole of the desert around became money, gold, so he said, "I ran away, I fell on the floor, he said, I fell on the ground and held to the ground out of fear and shaking and I ran away when I went back to the Sheikh and I related the story to him the Sheikh said okay the Sheikh was really really amazed and he said he found a, a dirham a dinar one of the one of the of the of the golden dinars that this that were that happened to be a karama of this man he he found that it's still in his hand when he caught to the ground it was still in his hand he said fa dinar an atlas it was a dinar that doesn't have any imprint it's not like a normal uh, currency that was in the country. It's a dinar, atlas, no writing, no, no nothing around it. And he said the Sheikh kept it and kissed it. And he said, this is a miracle, right? He said he kept it and he put it on his eyes. And he said, when he, before his death, he asked for this dinar to be buried with him. And wallahi ya ikhwan, this is not something to share publicly, but it is something that I have seen myself. Not I have seen the karama, but it was communicated to me. One of the brothers, I'm not going to mention who, uh, he himself is not like is not into karamat and the sawf and all of these things. He told me he's he's Afghani brother. He told me that his father was a a great a righteous man used to go to the masjid and there was a righteous man in their local masjid who used to stand outside the masjid after Salatul Jum'ah and he loved this sheikh very much. The sheikh is the father of the brother. He said, one day after Jum'ah, he would uh, touch his wrist with his other hand and he would get money out of it. Like he would touch and he gets money out of it. And he said that he gave this sheikh uh, what would they call Alf Afghani. It's like a a thousand, a note of thousand in uh, Afghani money. He said he gave it, he gave this sheikh a number of notes equal to the number of his children. This brother said, I got my note and I put it in the in, in my wallet, and wallahi, ever since my wallet is never empty of money. He said, ever since my wallet is never empty of money. I said to that brother, just as a, as a greed, I said to him, can can you share this with me? And he actually did take it out and he cut it in halves and he gave it to me. And then I shared I shared my half with, with one of the very close friends of mine. And wallahi ya this has been like 10 years now, 10 years ago. This happened about 10 years, 9 years at least. And ever since wallahi al my wallet is never empty of money. Wallahi, my wallet is never empty of money. So anyway, كيف تخرق لك العوائد؟ so, how do we break the... What are the, the, the breaking of the laws of nature? He says, That the person, when he says, I want this, it happens. He asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him something. He's, he grants it. التحلي العليا That the person becomes characterized with what? With higher qualities. With good qualities. The person becomes characterized with good qualities. With amazing qualities. And... الخروج من الأوهام إلى الحقائق that the person leaves delusion and imagination and he sees the realities he sees the truths he knows the truths now these are the fruits right the fruits is that you Allah subhanahu wa taala gives you this uh, this 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 mahrifa, this piercing knowledge that you know your way in in life that you do things you do miracles with your words. Uh, if uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the in the in the hadith al-Qudsi, Abdi Atini Takun abdar Rabbaniyan. When you worship me, you will be a rabbani. You'll be divine. If you say to something be it is by the power of Allah subhanahu wa (laughs) ta'ala. Right? And we read stories and, and real stories of the lives of the masters like Imam Abu Hassan al-Shadili radiyallahu ta'ala an, and all of these people who have turned uh, dust into gold, as we know. So he, these are the fruits, but these fruits are not given to anyone. They are given to someone who breaks his bad habits. He, Sheikh Zarruq rahimahullah says, breaking the bad habits is by three things. Number one, he said, al that you run away from your designs. You run away from your desires and you act upon the the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fulfilling the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you see someone uh, flying on air or walking on water, as Imam al-Junaid says, if you see someone walking on uh, in water and flying in air, do not believe that he is a righteous person unless you look at how he does with the Quran and the Sunnah. How is his salah? How is his ibadah? One of the salihin as Imam Al-Kushari mentions, went, heard about a righteous man. So him, he and his uncle went to see this righteous man. They said when he came to the Qibla, he uh, needed to spit. So he spat in the direction of the Qibla and said, Allahu Akbar. He said, we didn't even ask him. We walked away and we said, if this is his adab with the Qibla of the Prophet ﷺ, then how can he be a wali or a righteous person? The awliya and the salihin have what adab? So you need to break your habits. How do you break your habits? First, as we said, you fulfill the obligations of fasting. You cannot get the fruits of fasting unless you fast in reality. I don't mean stopping your food and stopping your drink and stopping what you are supposed to stop. But stopping your bad habits, making sure that you assign a form of, uh, of, of watchfulness kind of observation on your ears, on your tongue, and live that state of watchfulness, that's number one, that you act upon the commands of Allah, you stay away from the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, he said, rahimahullah wa ta'ala, al firar min al-khalq, to run away from people, to run away from people. When we say run away from people, brothers and sisters, we mean that that you do not find affinity in the company of people you find affinity in the company of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his dhikr some people are itching all the time if someone doesn't call them they will call if someone doesn't get in touch they will get in touch some people cannot have a a silent moment cannot have a, a calm moment cannot even live in privacy they do not want to live in privacy we live in a world that has broken all the walls of privacy that we don't live in privacy anymore even in our bedrooms even in our bathrooms even inside our own separate moments very intimate moments we share that on facebook we share that on twitter we share that on social media but a person who needs to 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 break his habits he should find sufficiency in dhikr sufficiency in khalwa sufficiency in being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also by the same token, you don't talk about your achievements and what you have done. Fasting teaches us that, brothers and sisters. Because what we do in fasting is, we come out and we are just like a normal person. You look at the person, there is nothing has changed. You are not in salah, Allah Akbar, you're going to the masjid, coming back from the masjid. No, you're not in zakah, uh, you're performing zakah where you give money and you call people and say, can I transfer to you uh, this charity and I can't do it, can I do this? No, it's not like hajj. Everyone in the area and everyone in the street will know that, mashaAllah you're going to hajj or back home. People would sometimes do what people would sometimes do, brothers and sisters, is after they come back from hajj, they decorate their their their, their houses. Oh, hajj mabroor, mubarak, hajj, mashallah. And everyone starts to call people hajj. Right, as if he has he's been there so that he gets the title. He bought the title with the seven seven thousand pounds or eight thousand pounds. He's paid, right? No, the in, fasting teaches us that it's subtle. It is hidden. Your sufficiency is that with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That's the second thing that to break your habits. That if Allah knows your suffering, that's enough. You don't have to complain to people. If Allah knows your state, uh, it's enough. And number three, that you sit on the carpet of truthfulness. We mean by sitting on the carpet of truthfulness that the person in, 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 in that situation is truthful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean by being truthful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you don't work for waiting for a reward. You do not wait, work, waiting for a, some even a recommendation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You do it because you're abd, because you are. This is what you should be doing as abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, then you can say, Alhamdulillah. Then you will not even say, <laughs> you will not even say, because once you start noticing your actions, then your actions need refreshment, they need refurbishment, they need to be, to be renewed right your intentions once you work, once you look at your actions so this is the first wisdom that we need to bear in mind how can you how can the laws of nature be ruptured for you in other words do not expect any fruits for your actions unless you have worked hard in on your bad habits unless good deeds unless Fasting has transformed you. Don't even look for any uh, any outward change. An outward change, a, a feeling, a barakah, a blessing, a fruit, a sweetness. What did the Prophet said? Three things if found in someone, he will feel the sweetness of faith. He didn't say you will feel the sweetness of faith. No, he said if you fulfill these qualities, You will get the sweetness of faith. Imagine that, brothers and sisters. Can someone aim to have, to feel the sweetness of faith without fulfilling what is required from them? No. Just like someone who has some sugar in the bottom of the cup of their tea and they are not willing to stir it. They are not willing to move it. And they say, I would like to taste the sweetness of the sugar. It is in the bottom or the sweetness of the honey. It is in the bottom. What do you need to do? You need to take your spoon and stir it. Then you will feel it. Right? So this is the first thing, the first hikmah, the first theme that establishes our relation with Ramadan, that our relation with Ramadan is a relation of change. Unless we change our habits, unless uh, ra- the fasting help us helps us transform who we are we, we should not we should not expect anything you should not expect to get to the other side of the city if you don't get into your car turn it on and drive without action there is no production there is no result the second hikma that relates to that brothers and sisters uh, that's very very important he said <laughs> And this is wisdom number 128, the one right after. The point at issue is not the fact of searching. Rather, the point at issue is that you are provisioned with virtuous conduct. That is a completion of what we said before, brothers and sisters, that the point in hand, the point of fasting is not not the issue of searching. What am I getting? what will happen? What will be the result? What really matters is, what really matters, what is required from you brothers and sisters is, that you are provisioned with virtuous conduct. That's what really matters. What really matters is that you, the real achievement in Ramadan is that you come out of Ramadan with full transformation. That is the success. It is not, oh, will I be given the reward? Will this happen to me? Will that happen to me? We have spoken a bit about karamat, about miracles, saintly miracles. And you know what do the ulama say? It is not the karama that matters. It is not that you can fly or you can tell people what is in their hearts. All of that is outward l-Istiqama. what really matters is having consistency having consistency in your good deeds that's the achievement. it really doesn't matter if you succeed massively in one year but what keep, if you can keep that that is what matters. So here the point of issue is not searching is not asking is not looking but but or is not expecting but it is to be given to righteous and virtuous behavior. The point of fasting is having that adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, قَالَ لِأَنَّ لَيْسَ بِغَائِبِ Zarruq rahmatullah alayhi He says because the the, the sought is not hidden. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whom you're seeking is not hidden. He's always there subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? But, it is only when you show truthfulness when you show dedication when you show love when you show adab that it will man- that he will manifest upon you subhanahu wa ta'ala he will manifest upon you subhanahu wa ta'ala and this adab that you need to show is outward adab and inward adab the outward adab is by fulfilling the rights the fulfilling of what? Of the rights. Fulfilling of the rights of Ramadan. Ramadan has a haqq on you. What is the haqq of Ramadan? That you don't mix any other ibadah with the fast. In other words, that you don't become busy with anything. That you respect Ramadan. In the school of Imam Malik, عن, breaking the fast intentionally in Ramadan, and intentionally and willingly, requires in addition to making up, kaffara. And the kaffara is feeding 60 poor people or fasting for 60 days. And the ulama said, well, if someone breaks their fast, I know in the Shafi'i Madhab it's different, but in the Maliki school, if the person breaks his fast intentionally and willingly in the month of Ramadan, he has, in addition to making up, he has to uh, make kaffara, which is fasting for 60 days or as we said, feeding 64 people. So someone might say, what is the point of kafala? The point of kafara is disrespecting the time. You disrespected the hurma, the sacredness of the time. So Ramadan has a haq. It's a sacred month. If it's a sacred month, it requires extra cautiousness. You've got to be very extra cautious. Like someone going to hajj or going to umrah, and he has that limited time there. He has to be extra cautious that he does not leave any wisdom or any time or any benefit or any moment that they can benefit from without benefiting from. Why? Because of the time, because of the sacredness of the place. When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sister Fatima, you, you can you can you can write uh, you can type your, your question in the QA. When the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam stood in Hajj and he said ayyuhannas uh, o oh people that this is a sacred place this is a sacred month this is a sacred time so the sacredness of time requires specific specifically extra cautious to be extra cautious so the adab of the outward is to fulfill the huquq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to you to Fulfill the what the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to you and adabul batin, the inside adab. Now, okay, by mistake, no problem. The adab, the inward adab, brothers and sisters, is to uh, turn away from everyone as we turn away from all food in Ramadan to turn away from everyone to turn. Away from everyone. As we cut ourselves from food and desire, we should also try to limit, to minimise our interaction and our, our, our uh, relations with people during this month of Ramadan. Alaykum assalam. Anonymous attendee, you can you can you keep you keep going. On, on, uh, ask your a question. Inshallah. Alaykum So, that is to limit our what our relations with people to limit our interaction with people in the month of ramadan or at least to have a private time for ourselves brothers and sisters so this is the hikmah number 128 as we said that is seeking uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through having virtuous other if he gives you he gives you If he doesn't give you ask. fulfill the rights so that relates to what to what we mentioned before that you should not expect fruits before you break your bad habits. What is the first bad habit? Is that you were always asking. Is that like a child? You're always asking, when can I have this? When can I have this? When can I have this? Imagine if a mother of a child said to her child, I'm going to give you sweets if you have your food. Even before the child starts their food, they will say, when am I going to have this sweet? When are you going to give me the sweet? Will you give me the sweet soon? Imagine that brother, that's a childish behavior. Why they don't look at the adab. What's the adab? Eat, finish. The Prophet ﷺ said, Well, if you if you fulfill three things, you'll feel the sweetness of Iman. What is it? That you love Allah and His Messenger more than you love anything else. More than you love anybody else. Have you achieved that haq? Have you fulfilled that haq? Then you will feel the, the sweetness of Iman. How can you enjoy your relation with someone unless you love that individual? They say, كُلِّ A bad eye will always show you the mistakes and faults. And a good eye will always show you what is good. So if you really want to have a good eye, if you want to enjoy your relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make sure that your heart is pleased with Allah. If you want to feel the pleasure of Allah upon you, you need to what? You need to make sure that you are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We always say, رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّهِ وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينَ وَبِمُحَمَّدِ صَلَّىٰهِ وَنَبِيُّ وَرَسُولُ This is our haqq. This is the haqq that is upon us. That we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we feel that pleasure and that being pleased and content with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the first the first thing, the first habit that we need to break. Stop. Stop bugging. Ask with adab. Fulfill the rights and leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second, brothers and sisters, and this is wisdom number 12. This is wisdom number 12. and I, I have the book right in front of me here, so I am going to read it. Wisdom number 12, it says, ما نفع القلب شيء مثل عزلة يدخل بها ميدان Nothing benefits the heart more than a spiritual retreat wherein it enters the domain of meditation. Again, nothing uh, benefits the heart more than a spiritual retreat when wherein it enters the domain of meditation. This is the second. This is the second breaking of habits. What is the second breaking of habits? that you need to train yourself, to train your heart to have retreat, spiritual retreat. I know that we cannot have retreats nowadays out and camping, but we can have spiritual retreats. We are all in lockdown, so we're pretty much in a forced retreat. Taala says that the best thing for the heart is spiritual retreat because in spiritual retreat, it is free from the disease of others. I mean by the disease of others. Others, when we when you use the word others, we mean anything other than Allah. It is free from what? It is safe from the disease of otherness. It does not see things that distract it. It does not interact with things that distract it. So it is with spiritual retreat, you are uh, getting into that a diet. You are going into a himia going into that diet, deprivation. You deprive yourself from anything that can affect you negatively. You are basically limiting your distractions. And then eliminating and clearing your way, clearing your table. And then with fikra, when you clear your table, when you clear all the distractions, what will happen? You're sharpening your sight by meditation sharpening your side and he said fikra with meditation you pull the lights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why he said the heart is like the stomach da'a. If, the, if the stomach is the place of disease because you eat then what is the treatment for that diet he said well رَأَسُ الدَّوَارِ Himya diet is the top top medicine وَأَصْلُ كُلْ He said that the root of every disease, Albarda. What is that? Mixing. <laughs> Mixing. In food, if someone just sits to their table and they eat from every type of food and this and that, and that's number one, if you put this with this and this with this and this with this, it will kill you. وَالْإِكْثَارُ Having a lot of it. SubhanAllah, Al Iyad al Yahsabi in uh, Tartib al Madarik mentions about one of the ulama of Al Andalus and he says that kana, kana he was a person of a great love for food. He said one day he went home, there's like a few stories about him, but one one day he said, one day he went home. Uh, after after being having two invitations, he was invited to two walimas, and he said in both walimas he ate his full. When he went home, he said, "Do you have any food?" They gave him some food, and then someone gifted some cheese. He ate that and this and that. He, they said like he ate a lot. That, now he's eating from different types. So what will happen? That will cause them stomach pain, and he ate a lot. They said, he fainted because of the amount of food that he ate. So they asked for a doctor. The doctor came and the doctor gave him something that made him vomit and cleared his stomach. And as soon as he started, he, he gained his conscience and was able to, to see it. He said to the doctor, Do you think I can have something for lunch? What, what, what do you think I should have for lunch? <laughs> The doctor said to him, rocks from this valley, nothing can fill your tummy except rocks. You see that, brothers, is, having too much food can poison and kill the person and having too many feelings and distractions in the heart can also cause you trouble. قَالَ Al الْأَحْبَارِ الْفِكْرَ مُبَرِّئَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ That meditation, thinking, thought is a treatment. Why? تُرِيكَ حُسْنَكَ min It shows you your good qualities and your bad qualities. You're able to pick. Imagine that, brothers and sisters, as they say, disturbed water will not show anything inside it. Only when the water is still. You're able to look through it and you can see your image. You can see the image of the stars and the clouds. You can see that only when the water is still. Wa al Junaid. Imam Al-Junaid said, أَشْرَفُ الْمَجَالِسِ الْجُلُوسُ مَعَ الْفِكْرَةِ فِي مِيدَانِ التَّوْحِيدِ The best of gatherings is to sit with your meditation. To sit with what? With your meditation. Not to sit with fulan and fulan. Not to sit with this person and that person who take you all over the place. It's to sit with your thought, to sit with your meditation. Imam Abu al shadri says, ثِمَارُ الْعُزْلَةِ بِمَوَاهِبِ One of the benefits of retreat is achieving the, grace, the graces of Allah. And what are these? He said, "Kashful that the barrier is lifted. Yes, you're able to see clearer brothers and sisters. Go out to the desert, go out, uh, outside the city, go to the countryside, and see that where there is no buildings, you can see far. And no buildings means what? It's, it's, it's a spiritual retreat, because people are retreating. It's a retreat of construction, allows the site to go far. وَتَنَزُّلُ rahma And the mercy of Allah descends when you are alone. It's a proof of love. Because if someone loves someone, they would love to sit with them. They would love to be with them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, "Ana So fasting gives us this space. It helps us, brothers and sisters, break our bad habits so that we get the graces of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And breaking our bad habits is that we love khulqa. we we'll have to mix with people. We'll have to be in company of people. We'll have to be in society. We are by nature sociable individuals. We need to retreat at certain times to energize ourselves. Were it not for this, we wouldn't be able to continue. We'll feel rusty. Layers and layers and layers and layers of rust. And Imam Abu Hassan recites the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that Allah spoke about Ibrahim alayhi he said. When he retreated from them and their gods, we gifted him. All the prophets, brothers and sisters, they needed to retreat for them to succeed. They needed to break that habit of being with people for them to have an insight of how to move and what to do next. Yunus was forced into a retreat in a place that nobody has ever been to, in the tummy of a whale. And when he came back, he came back as Yunus, the one who delivered and people accepted him. The Prophet ﷺ used to retreat in the cave of Hira. I'tikaf in Ramadan is a retreat. Fasting itself is a retreat. Retreat from food that requires what? Another type of retreat. Right? Retreating from people. So, among the benefits of that, brothers and sisters, one of the benefits of retreat, as we said, we said that, Nothing can be be beneficial to the heart more than a re- spiritual retreat that enables you to see things pro- properly. He says one of the benefits of that, and this is wisdom number forty-nine, brothers and sisters. This is wisdom number forty-nine. I am moving quickly in the in the in the in the file in, which has the the, the names. Uh, sorry, which has the translation of the wisdoms. Uh, forty-nine. He says إنما يعلمك المنع. Deprivation hurts you only because of your incomprehension of God in it. Ah, so one of the benefits of, of retreat, spiritual retreat, brothers and sisters, is that it enables us to understand the realities of things. It enables us to see that our benefit is not always in giving but in depriving that he, when he takes something from us, it is not to harm us, it is not to hurt us, it is not to punish us, but to show us the ha, ha, how much potential we can have. When someone says, I don't know how to swim, I can't swim, I can't swim, and you push them, you deprive them, you take away from them, uh, or a child, let's say for example, brother and sisters, a child, who has been potty trained, is always afraid that they will not be able to hold their urine and they will not be able to hold their stool. But what happens? You deprive them of the nappy that they have. You deprive them of the habit that they have to show them the potential. A child who is accustomed to their mother's milk, they weaned off that in order to, you might think that this is a, a punishment, but... It is to enable them to have the ability to taste all the variety of foods and and, and, and all of these uh, tasty things. Otherwise, if they stay with the mother's milk, it has one taste and that's it. So we will be gifted. We will have the awaid. We will have the gifts when we break one of our bad habits. What is our bad habits? Lack of understanding. We don't understand. And why don't we understand? Because we're mixed with people. We've got no point. There is no, there is no time for us to meditate and think and be able to understand. If someone's talking, 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 talking all the time, when will they have the time to think? And if they don't have the time to think, when will they understand anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? This is, this is very, very important. Right? Uh, one, two, three, yeah. Four, it's number uh, number nine, uh, 94 CD. Number ninety-four, for Cd, CD uh, Basma, Right? So, it is, we we get this understanding, brothers and sisters, when? We get this understanding when, uh, when when we have a retreat. And once we have that understanding, we will be able to see a different side for deprivation. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, radiallahu ta'ala, used to say, when he was on his deathbed, Allahumma inka na hadaridaka fazeed hatta tara. Oh Allah, if this is pleasing you, increase it until you are pleased. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alaihi wasallam says, "Wal mu'minu kulli hal." That a believer is always in a state of goodness. He's always good. He's always well. He's always fine. In nafsuhu tunzau min bayi wa inna hu taala. That his soul is taken from between his sides. He's dying. And he is praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we go through difficult times in life, when we go through some form of deprivation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delays what we've been asking for. You've been asking for a, uh, for a child. You've been asking for a husband. You've been asking for a job. You've been asking for a house. You've been asking for money. You've been asking for good health. You've been asking for good children. You've been asking. loads. our demands never finish. Each and every one of us has a long list of what we want and what, the way we want it. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delays it or He doesn't give it to us, we say, Why? We start asking. Ah, as Imam al-Haddad rahimallah ta'ala says, Lam wa Like okay. uh, uh, Allahumma Salli sallam barak muhammad, He said, uh, Allahumma Salli sallam barak asa muhammad, Ma kuddir yakun. That which has been predestined is, 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 is what will happen. Right? Uh, don't be too worried what has been predestined will happen Right? you need to understand contentment is relaxation greed is fitna so we will be able to see the messages Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want to send in deprivation We'll be able to see deprivation in a completely different perspective. When? When we have understanding. When will we have understanding? When we have a moment, when we have meditation. When will we have meditation? When we have a moment of uh, privacy. When will we have that? When we have retreat, spiritual retreat, right? And when, we, when will we get that? In Ramadan, brothers and sisters. Next to that, one of the benefits, now one of the awaid, one of the benefits of retreat, of spiritual retreat, that completes that is in wisdom 32 and i'm going to go to that and read it to you brothers and sisters wisdom 32 so that people don't ask again wisdom 32 he said ila ma min uyub min ila ma hujiba anka min you being on the lookout for the vices hidden within you is better than you being on the lookout for the invisible realities veiled from you again your being on the lookout for the vices hidden from within within you is better than you being on the lookout for the invisible realities veiled in you or in, in, in veiled from you allah subhanahu wa taala in the in the khalwa brothers and sisters the khalwa the spiritual retreat that meditation enables us to to do what to introspectively look into ourselves. And when we look into ourselves, we're able to pick on the mistakes. But someone is busy with people. He's looking at the, 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 the people's mistakes. And what is in what is hidden in people from people's characters is what? Is ghaib. Hidden. Unseen. But what is hidden in you is aib. Is a vice. You better be busy with the aib rather be, be be busy with the ghaib. Also, as we said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has hidden the reward for fasting, has hidden his gifts, has hidden what he has promised to give to us. And he did not tell us, you should be busy with what I have kept with me for you. You should be busy with your own vices. Imagine that, brothers and sisters, someone thinks about the color of the furniture that will come to the house, And the house is full of old furniture and it needs to be cleaned and it needs to be emptied and it needs to be all the cracks in the walls need to be filled and it needs to be painted and they are busy with when will it arrive and how will it be and all of these things. How can you expect the awa'id if you have not broken the bad habits? How can I break my bad habits? Look introspectively into your own diseases and problems. What is the biggest of these? Diseases, dependence on people, planning in what has been secured for you, right? Now, why is it that looking at your vices is better than looking at the, the ghaib or, 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 or fully uh, like lo- looking into the ghaib Number one, they said, uh, Sheikh Zarruq says, رؤية العيوب توجب رؤية نقص When you look at your vices, you see your imperfection. And when you see your imperfection, you humble yourself down. That's number one. Number one is being able to see your own per- imperfection. Some people think that they are perfect. That there's no, nothing wrong with them. <laughs> Husbands and wives always argue. No, it is your mistake. No, it is your mistake. But no one even thinks, retreats, and let me think between me and myself. Let me acknowledge that I am imperfect as a human being. I am per- imperfect. When you see your own imperfection, you will humble yourself down and you will acknowledge. You will see your own imperfection. Number two, brothers and sisters, that when you know in, your own mistakes, he said, to You will be in, 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 in... This is the first step to fixing them. How can you fix something you are not aware of? So the benefit of knowing the mistakes is that you you look for how can I fix them? So this is the first thing. Diagnosis like a doctor diagnosing the diseases in order to treat them. And number three, this is the key to the unseen. If you would like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show you the kingdom of heavens and earth, if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you insight, you need to clean yourself. If someone seeks the uh, the unseen without fixing the aib, then he is seeking something in the wrong way. He is knocking the wrong door someone would come out and say, excuse me, that's not the destination. That's not what you should be looking at. You are not, this is not the place you should be looking at, right? So this is very, very important that retreat, spiritual retreat and meditation enables us to look at our vices. And this will enable us to get, this is breaking the habits, breaking the habits because we as human beings, we don't like anyone to tell us about our mistakes. And we don't like to even look at them. We love to cover them. We love to cover our imperfection. one of the most uh successful and, and 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 prominent businesses in the world is makeup business and plastic surgery business. Why? because it aims it invests in people's desire to cover their imperfection and even if they don't have imperfections. It creates that sense of being imperfect in them and being busy with their outward and the shape of their bodies that they are busy. How can I cover this? Even if it doesn't exist, it creates that in the mind, creates the desire in the heart, and then the person starts acting. So this is Hikmah number 32. Next to that wisdom, brothers and sisters, uh, this is very, very important. So we said that in the, in the retreat, in the spiritual retreat, in the spiritual meditation, what you will get, you will be able to spot on your mistakes. And this is something that we get in Ramadan. We can spot on our mistakes. We can reduce uh, our, uh, our, our talkativeness. We can reduce our mixing with people. We can spot on that I have a desire. I can't, I can't sit still. I can't, be with, I can't be alone. I can't focus on dhikr. I can't do this. Next to that is wisdom number 70, brothers and sisters. And let me read that to you. Wisdom number 70, one of the benefits in fasting, one of the benefits in the month of Ramadan, and one of the benefits in uh, in retreat is that it teaches us silence, brothers and sisters. It teaches us silence. And why is silence important? Why is silence essential? Because Al Imam Ibn Ata'illah secondary says, Infer the presence of ignorance in anyone whom you see answering all that he's asked, or giving expression to all that he witnesses, or mentioning all that he knows. Again, brothers and sisters, Infer the presence of ignorance, like say that this person is ignorant. If he s- answers everything that is asked, infer the presence of ignorance in anyone whom you see answering all that he's asked or giving expression to all that he witnesses or mentioning all that he knows. Ah, Talking too much is not a great thing. Talking too much, answering too much, speaking uh, like... Expressing too much everything that, that, they, that they know, they talk about. And nowadays, we live at a time which encourages us to, if I know that little, I become talkative. We come to social media and start spreading and this and that. And that's a sign of immaturity, brothers and sisters, because it's only children who will know something simple, they will talk about it all the time. See, says. These three qualities, answering every question you ask, expressing everything you witness, and uh, mentioning everything that that you know, is a sign of ignorance from three ways. From three ways, for three reasons. Number one, he says, if you answer, you might answer someone who does not deserve the answer. The person you're giving the answer to does not deserve the answer. Or you might mention what shouldn't be mentioned. He might mention what shouldn't be mentioned. Imam Al-Junaid was asked, two men comes to you, two men come to you, you answer one and you don't answer the other. He said, على قدر السائل يكون الجواب. It's in, this, in, the, in, the, in the level or the status or the mind of the questioner that I should give them the answer. So spiritual retreat teaches you when to speak and when not to speak. Why? Because you're in control. You become in control of your tongue. You become in control of your reactions. You become in control of your. And this is what fasting teaches us. Remember the hadith? If someone slanders you, someone tries to engage with you, will he be reactive? No. He should say, I am fasting. No one will just say, I am fasting and he's boiling from inside. But he is in control. He says, Well, I'm in a state that I should not engage in. With, with that individual, right? So, when the person answers every question, that's a sign of ignorance. Why? Because you might give something that shouldn't be given, right? Or he might answer in a way that shouldn't be answered. SubhanAllah, Imam Al-Ghazali, in his book, uh, Al-Qistas al Mustaqim talks about syllogism, in logic, syllogism. And he, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, gives it different names. He doesn't call it syllogism. He calls it Al-Mizan, the balance. So the book is like a conversation between two men, him and another man. So the man said to him and then, but why did did you call these things different names? Why did you give them different names? He said, because sometimes the name, the original name of something might put the person off that they are not willing to listen to. So it is advisable, it is wisdom to rename. Take, for example, Tasawuf. Some groups of people, if you talk to them about Tasawuf, the they will hate it. They will not be willing to listen. They will not be ready to listen. As soon as you say Tasawuf, they switch off. All oh, these guys, okay. Or as soon as you talk about Aqaid, when you say switch off. If you mention anything that is that they think of as controversial, what happens, they switch off. So no problem if you change the name. If you say about the Tazkiyah, Ilmul and then when people grow up, they will get the name. So it is ignorance to insist on naming things as they are or answering. So khalwa uh, retreat, spiritual retreat, gives us this ability to uh, not to answer, every, to control our, our words, our actions, our reactions. Secondly, qad ya'lam, qad yu'allim ma la yiqbal al wa yufahim ma la if you if you answer every question or you want to teach everyone, you might be teaching someone who does not who is not uh, ready to be to be taught, who is not ready to understand, and that's wrong. It is basically like planting seeds in a barren land. You are responsible for planting a seed in a barren land because this seed will go will go uh, waste. They say. مُعَلِّمُ الْفَاجِرِ كَبَائِعِ السَّيْفِ لِقَاطِعِ الطَّرِيقِ Someone who teaches a Fajr, teaches a a, a corrupt individual, is like selling swords to a thief. Selling swords to what? To a, a highway robber. When you sell the sword to a highway robber, what will he do with it? He's not going to fight with it, he's going to kill people with it. And they say also, that increasing, giving more knowledge to a person who is bad, who's is corrupt, is like putting water in the roots of aloe, aloe vera. Also, brothers and sisters, one of the Salihin came and asked, one of, one of the ulama, was asked, a man came to him and he said to him, I want you to teach me. Well, he asked him and he, he didn't answer. So he said, you have to teach me, don't you know that whoever is given knowledge and he holds it back, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put a bridle of fire in his mouth? He said to him, uh, leave the bridle of fire. Leave it alone. Are you qualified for this knowledge? right?" <laughs> he said may, that, that Allah will put the bridle of fire if someone who deserves knowledge came to me and I didn't teach him. The ulama have this sight, this eye. They select, now, they select their students properly. Now, if a person just like expresses everything, he's giving the knowledge to ignorant individuals. And imagine how much chit-chatting is all, all, is all over the internet where some pieces of knowledge here and there are given to people who have not completed the alat, the tools and the foundations of knowledge, and they take that and they cause havoc with it. One ayah of the Qur'an, they take it out of context and they cause so much havoc and they start attacking the ulama and the shaykh and stuff like that. And that comes from who? From the empty pots. Those who have not studied. Al-Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala also that when you, when you, when you answer everything, they, 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 then you will, you will be given, it will be like given treasures. While these treasures, you it will be like un, uncovering treasures while these treasures has to be covered uh, abu huraira ta'ala said i memorized from the prophet وسلم, two big sacks of knowledge full of knowledge one of them i deliver to you the other if i was to deliver it my neck will be slayed so the prophet وسلم, said there is a this kind of hidden knowledge there's this kind of knowledge that shouldn't be given to everyone. Imam Al-Ghazali has a book called Al المقنون Al على غير that which is, the, which is prevented from those who don't deserve it. So the Prophet says Inna min al-ilmi La illa Only those who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala know it. فَإِذَا If it is shown to people, people will deny it. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله said حَدِّثُ النَّاسَ بما يعرفون. Narrate to people what they are familiar with. Do you want Allah and His Messenger to be denied? Reality? Sometimes, brothers and sisters, you need to look at the individual before you say what you need to say. Ghazali رحمه الله said, truths can harm people just as a beetle is harmed by good smell. A beetle or an insect or a fly, it flies on poo and dirt. This is what it lives in. If you put musk on it, if you put roses on it, it will not like that. So Al-Ghazali says, So what we get from fasting from this spiritual retreat, break in the habits, wisdom, knowing when to say and what to say and when to move and when not to move. This is very essential, brothers and sisters. And there are two last wisdoms that we will be mentioning. Today, uh, one of them, actually one one last wisdom that I would like to mention today, brothers and sisters, uh, that, that relates to breaking the habits. Because it might happen for you when you start changing your habits that you don't get the fruit right away. It might happen to you when you start what? Your dhikr and your ibadah and your fasting. That you don't feel the change, or you start the change, you don't feel it right away. So, what happens? You give up. And this is one of the barriers. Don't give up even if you don't find the fruit right away. Ibn secondary, and this is wisdom number 47, brothers and sisters. Number 47. He says, Rahimahullah ta'ala, la il dhikrā hudurika ma'allahi لأن غفلتك عن وجود ذكره أشد من غفلتك في وجود ذكره. فعسى أن يرفعك من ذكر مع وجود غفلة إلى ذكر مع وجود يقظة. ومن ذكر مع وجود يقظة إلى ذكر مع وجود حضور. ومن ذكر مع حضور إلى ذكر مع وجود غيبة عماس والمذكور. وما ذلك على الله بعزيز. Do not abandon the invocation or remembrance. Because you do not feel the presence of God therein. For your forgetfulness of the invocation of Him is worse than your forgetfulness in the invocation of Him. Perhaps He will take you from the invocation with forgetfulness to one with vigilance And from one with diligence to one with the presence of God. And from one with the presence of God to one wherein everything but the invoked is absent. That is not. Difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an obstacle. It's one of the adat, brothers and sisters. We have one of the adat, one of the habits, one of our bad habits is we expect a quick change. We expect what? A quick change. If I am sick and I take medicine, I expect to be well and up and running. Remember that what is required from you is being present in the action, not leaving the action for presence. Again, what is required from you is to be present in the action. What Allah required from you is to do fasting. What he required from you is to abstain from evil. what he required from you is to be diligent. What he required from you is to do this. What he required from you is to do this. Do it. not for feeling presence in it. That's from him. What's from you, Yakan Abud, is doing the action. So don't leave the action, the deed, because it is not there. Because I don't feel any presence, I don't feel any change. What happened to me? Remember Allah as much as you can and leave the feeling to him subhanahu wa ta'ala to give it to you or not. Would you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said? Remember Allah as you remember your own parents or even more. When the man came to the Prophet, ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, there are so many things that one can do. Tell me something that is small, but mighty, but strong, but good, powerful. He said, La lisanuka Keep your mouth, your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah. Remember Allah all the time. Whether you feel presence, you don't feel presence, right? For that, why Why is it important? He said, even if even if there is no presence, for three reasons being heedless and turning away from dhikr, not remembering Allah at all, is worse than remembering Him while without presence. You better remember without presence, you pray without presence, you fast without presence, no problem, better than not fasting. Better not not praying. That will come. That will come later. Why? Because complete heedlessness and distraction from dhikr is turning away from dhikr. While remembering him without presence is in a way connecting to him, even verbally. Also, the presence of dhikr, the fact that you are remembering Allah, even without dhikr, is engaging your your, your limbs and your body with good deeds. If you don't engage it with any good deeds, what will happen, brothers and sisters? It will be engaged with any nonsense. Futile. And number three, being in a state of dhikr is subjecting yourself with, uh, to uh, the, the, the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you do your best, and this is what really matters, that you do your best. As for the rest, it's left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al Qushari rahimahullah ta'ala says, al-dhikr in al fi madhkure. Dhikr is to be immersed in the one whom you are remembering. And remember that if you keep knocking his door and remembering him, you persist in your travel to him in this month of Ramadan without asking for the awaid, without asking for the graces, but breaking your habits, what will happen? He will elevate you from no remembrance, from from, uh, remembrance without presence to remembrance with presence. And will take you even up from remembrance, remembrance with presence to remembrance in which you become completely detached from anything and only focused on Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the mother of Musa, ummi Musa The heart of the mother of Moses became empty. Empty from what? Empty from anything and anyone other than Moses. Like when we lose something, brothers and sisters, we're thinking about it. What happens? يستولي عَلَى القلب, it overwhelms our heart. That there is no space for my heart to think about anything else. You forget. If someone loves something, they will forget about the food, they will forget about sleep, they will forget about everything. Why? Because the mahabbah, the love of what you love, it has has overtaken your heart. This is exactly what we need to do in this month of Ramadan, right? That we need to break our habits and then the gifts of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala will definitely come to us. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala grant us tawfiq and barakah. I say this, and I can take your questions now, inshallah ta'ala. So Siri Amal is asking, how do you prevent wandering of the mind when in khalwa and being distracted by worldly thoughts? First of all, Siri, what we need to do, first of all, is to prepare. We as human beings, we live in space. So we need to prepare the space. Make sure that you choose the time in which there is not many people around you. And uh, uh, kind of choose the time and make sure that people are not around you and specify this time and request from people not to be around. Number two, and the best time, of course, is the night. Alhamdulillah, we wake up for suhoor now. We should wake up a little bit earlier than that for our ibadat. Number two, make sure that the place that you're in is free from distractions. There is no phone around you. Make sure that you are in a state of wudu. Wudu, subhanAllah, we were, I was teaching fiqh yesterday. They say one of the places where wudu is recommended is dhikrullah. It is recommended. Why? He said, لَأَنَّهَا حَضْرَةُ حُضُورٌ It's presence. And when you have wudu, it increases your, your, your receptability to the lights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You feel the light more. So being in a state of wudu, Cutting the distractions, clearing the place, being a state of wudu, sitting facing the qibla, preparing your tasbih, and all of these things are so essential for cutting uh, your mind from wandering in worldly thoughts. And remembering out loud, right? Remembering out loud. How do you explain to children how to remember Allah with presence uh, when doing dhikr? We can... Train our children by having gatherings with them during the day. And that's not the dhikr that, that, that you, will, you, will, you will be working on to, to, uh, to, to, to uh, elevate your heart or to, to strengthen your heart. This will be a training for the children of the value of the dhikr. So get your children, sit together, line them as if you like them for salah, face the qibla, and start a very simple dhikr, la ilaha illallah or astaghfirullah or something like that. Say it out loud and let them repeat after you. Uh, Ustaz Hafiz, السلام, How do we reconcile between spiritual retreats and addressing the needy, poor, etc., within our society as part of the duties of a, as a good Muslim? Do we retreat from addressing their needs as well? No, sidi. What we need to do is we need to balance our time. The day is for people. The night is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The day is for people. Allah subhanahu wa taala said, layla libasa, nahara Maasha. We made the day as ma'ash. Aish means life. So answering the needs of people, the Prophet sallallahu always had time for himself, always had time for his family, and yet he would serve others. So make sure that you divide. We are not saying that cut yourself completely from the society, but also answering the needs of the people might sometimes overtake. Uh, all your relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's not a, a great thing. So, make sure what, that what you do is part of your day is for the people, and your night part of it is specifically and specially for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say salam what are the signs that the fruit of faith uh, are being received? Uh, now, you did not un- understand my lecture. We should not look for the signs, but uh, in order to, to, to give you an answer, inshallah, at the end of uh, this month, in our fifth session, and this is planned, brothers and sisters, in our fifth session, we will talk about these signs because I'm keeping this for the last se- session because this is at the end of our journey. So, this is one of the signs, it's like a, a peak, sneak peek into the fifth session. That, that you continue doing the good deed and you get the same fruits of elevation. That's a sign. Feeling the, 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 the fruit of, of obedience now is, is, leads to feeling the fruit of it uh, much later. is a, is a sign. نور uh, خيرين is asking does spiritual retreat mean to do taraweeh by ourselves sometimes instead of doing it in jama'ah. Yes, it is actually recommended. That's one of the spiritual retreats. But spiritual retreats as well, sitting in dhikr, making dua, reading adhkar, reading even nasheeds, right? Nasheeds, qasaid like, Ya Rabbi Ya Alim al and other qasaid that touch on our heart and speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having that private, intimate time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not necessarily just salah, because in salah, you're busy with ruku and sujood and recitation and all of these things but have that intimate time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where you just speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any anything else without any any other that, that remember that ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah du'a is the ibadah du'a is not just the core of ibadah it is the ibadah ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah as the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said Right, So this is very, very essential and very important to bear in mind, brothers and sisters, that when we... we uh, and even tarawih, as I said before, uh, praying tarawih in jama'ah is not a sunnah all the time. In fact, Imam Malik ta'ala, said that, and it was the practice of the Prophet sallam, that he did not uh, pray tarawih in jama'ah all the time so that people will not believe that it is it is uh, an obligation upon them. Uh, an- anonymous is asking, As-salamu alaykum is it, uh, is it is it okay to practice annually to recite the Quran with little presents tadabbur, for every Ramadan yes it's a, it's fine Ramadan is the month of the Quran uh, I w- I personally suggest that if someone's reading of the Quran is really really good they should finish one khatm in Ramadan and they should make sure that every day while they're reciting that use of the, of, of the Quran they have a little bit for tadabbur one ayah or two ayahs they stop at and reflect on this is very, very essential. Sister Sabia has asked, could you please mention the third qualities that need to be fulfilled to the, know the sweetness of faith? Naam. It's in the hadith the Prophet وسلم, uh, says, man kunna Three things if found in a person he feels the sweetness of faith. Number one, that Allah and His Messenger are the most important and the most beloved thing in your life. This is your priority. That your measurement, your uh, balance, or let's say your thermometer, of the thermometer of your relationships with people is, when you love people, you don't love them for any consideration apart from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you love people you love them for the sake of allah subhanahu wa taala you base your relationships based on what based on the, uh, the relation with allah subhanahu wa taala to hate to go back to disbelief as you hate to be thrown in the hellfire. in other words we can kind of uh, rephrase it that to hate to be in a state of disobedience to dislike ghafla to dislike uh, forgetfulness to dislike heedlessness also, how can we stir the sweetness? Dhikr. Dhikr is the best way. They say, Dhikr is the, is the weapon of a believer. How can you stir Subha- the sweetness of Iman? Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. say it. When you say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Or when you say La ilaha illallah, الله, it's not just a movement of the tongue. When you say لا إله إلا الله, لا إله إلا الله, some of the salihin, some of the Mashayikh, when you hear them sing, Allah, you feel that this word Allah is not said by any heart. When someone says حسب الله ونعمل it is not as if it is as if you have heard, you haven't heard this ever. In your life, and this is the first time you hear حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ نِعْمَ Why? Because the heart has felt it, has said it so many times, has felt it, so it stirred the sweetness of it. Subhanallah, one of our mashayikh used to say that every dhikr has a malak attached to it. When you do it with presence, you will feel this malak will come. Huh? This malak will come uh, and will, will help you and you will feel the door of this dhikr. But when will that happen? When your heart is alive. When your heart is present. Right? When your heart is present. كُلُّ كَلَام As Ibn Atallah says in another Hikmah, كُلُّ كَلَامٍ يَخْرُجُوا عَلَيْهِ كِسْوَةُ الْقَلْبِ الَّذِي خَرَجَ منه. Every words that you say are clothed by the state of your heart. So it is the state of your heart that makes, gives power to your words. That's why some words are living eternally like the uh, the Qasaid and the Wurad and the Azkar of the Salihin. Imagine if you, someone might say, Oh, Raditu Billahi Rabbanu Abu Islamidina Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's hadith, I can pick it up from uh, any book, this book or that book. Yes, but when you pick it up as part of a word from Sidi uh, Ahmed Zarruk or Imam Abu Hassan Shadili or uh, Imam Abdullah bin Allah al Haddad, when you take it as part of a word, it comes with the power of the one who put it in that word. Sister Malika is asking, can you uh, repeat the uh, wisdom, deprivation hurts you only because? Naam. رحمة الله تعالى, إنما يؤلمك المنع لعدم فهمك عن الله إنما يؤلمك المنع لعدم فهمك عن I'm just looking at which wisdom. Yeah, that's number 94. So he says, deprivation hurts you. Only because of you lack lack of uh, lack of comprehension, you don't understand. Like a child who does not realize, who does not understand, why is his parents taking him to the dentist to remove his tooth? And he says, "Well, this is harmful. This is hurtful. Why would my parents do that to me?" When he grows up, and they tell him, "Oh, you know what? One of your teeth was very, very bad that it could have decayed the rest of your teeth and could have caused you worse." worse situation. And he says, thank you very much for helping me with that. Or someone, for example, where, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all, loses one of their limbs and a hand or a foot or something like that. And they, they say, why are they cutting that? It's to save the rest of that, of the body. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all taufiq and barakah in time and ibadah. May He subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you all in khair and ma'rifah. Yes, we have one more question from CD Dairy. I heard as well that uh, that each dhikr creates an angel, and when done with joy, they are created better than when done with sadness. Did you hear something like that? I, I, I did see it, MashaAllah, you know, uh, I didn't, but it is possible. Ma bi'aziz. But I wouldn't say it creates the angel, I would say it, it, it summons an angel. Right? That's better. It summons an angel that that angel will come and sit with you and feel that, that joy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you all tawfiq and barakah. We have one more question. Barakallahu feekum. Bizaakumullah khair. It's not a question. Barakallahu feekum. InshaAllah ta'ala we will see you all next Saturday at 3 o'clock London time with uh, a new uh, set of wisdoms, inshaAllah ta'ala, that will help us navigate through Ramadan. And we will now complete our majlis with khatmul majlis as we normally do, brothers and sisters. So uh, hold on. That's that. I think I shared that with some some of you. Uh, it's in Dua'u Khatmi Al-Majlis. And um, so he says, رَبَّ نَنْفَعْنَا بِمَا عَلَّمْتَنَا رَبِّ عَلِّمْنَا الَّذِي يَنْفَعُنَا رَبِّ فَقِّهْنَا وَفَقِّهْ أَهْلَنَا وَقَرَابَةٍ فِي دِينِنَا مَعَ أَهْلِ الْقُطْرِ أُنْثَى وَذَكَارِ رب وفقنا ووفقهم لما ترتضي قولا وفعلا كرما وارزق الكل حلالا دائما وأخلا أتقياء علما نحظى بالخير ونفى كل شر رب وصلح لنا كل الشؤون ربنا وصلح لنا كل الشؤون وأقر بالرضا منك العيون وقضعنا ربنا كل الديون قبل أن تأتينا رسل المنون واغفر استر أنت أكرم من ستار وصلاة الله تغش المصطفى من إلى الحق دعانا والوفاء بكتاب فيه للناس شفاء وعلى الآل الكرام الشرفا وعلى الصحب المصابيح الغرار اللهم اهدنا بهداك وجعلنا من من يسارع في رضاك ولا تولنا وليا سواك وجلا ممن خالف أمرك وعصاك وحسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم يا ربنا اعترفنا بأننا اقترفنا وأننا أسرفنا على لا أشرفنا فتب علينا توبا تغسل كل حوبا وَاسْتُرْ لَنَا الْعَوْرَاتِ وَآمِنِ الرَّوْعَاتِ وَاغْفِرْ لِوَالِدِينَا رَبِّي وَمَوْلُودِينَا وَالْأَهْلِ وَالْإِخْوَانِ وَسَائِرِ الْخِلَّانِ وَكُلِّ ذِي مَحَبَّةٍ أَوْ جِيرَةٍ أَوْ صُحْبَةٍ وَالْمُسْلِمِينَ أَجْمَعِينَ آمِينْ رَبِّ اسْمَعْ فَضْلًا وجودا مَنَّ لَا بِاِتِّسَابٍ مِنَّا بِالْمُصْطَفَى الرَّسُولِ نَحْبَابِ كُلِّ سولي بالمصطفى الرسولي نحظى بكل سوله بالمستفر رسوله نحوه بكل سوله صلى وسلم ربي عليه عد الحبي وآله والصحبي عداد قش السحبي والحمد لله في البدء والتناهي سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفنا سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين في كل نحظنا بدأ عدد خلق ورد نفس يزنة عشر يوم بدأ كلمات جزاك الله خير Alaikum Assalam, Sister Zainab. May Allah bless you all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you in khayr and barakah. Bless your children, bless your families, and bless this time of Ramadan for all of us. وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وصلى الله عليه وسلم. والحمد لله رب العالمين. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله